Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Just Riding Along on Mountain Bike Radio. All products and bike companies mentioned in this podcast, even those based on real products and bike companies, are entirely fictional. Matt, Andrea, and Kenny do not actually work in the bike shops that they talk about. They work in a coal mine somewhere in West Virginia. Is that even a state? This podcast is not affiliated with any bike shop, contains coarse language, and should not be listened to by anyone. Hello and welcome to the 22nd episode of Just Riding Along on Mountain Bike Radio in the year 2019. Tonight's show is brought to you by... South Park. Back it up, Terry. Put it in reverse. And uh, that's it. So if you need to know anything else, uh, I'm just going to dig into what's going on with me first. Uh, no Wait, donations. Do- oh, okay. No donations this week. Won't, won't. And for me personally, no bike riding. I have ridden my. Well, I don't know if I've talked about this. I said that I might buy a new motorcycle in the show. I bought another motorcycle, and <laughs> I've ridden it a handful of times. And if you're like, "Oh, fucking mountain bike radio," I didn't know it was dirt bike radio. Well, it's not a dirt bike. It's a off road rally bike. Adventure bike. It's an adventure bike. One and number two. This week, I got my first stitches, so I'm not able to ride my bike because I had stitches in my hand, so I only rode my motorcycle on the road, except for that one little single track ride Henry and I did. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll talk about that one. I ended up being super busy and super bummed and sore, so I didn't really do much this week. And to get the story of stitches out of the way, I'm like 31 and change years old raced bikes since 98 i've worked on bikes as a living up until getting that coal mining job for like 12 (laughs) years and i pretty much have just been like very active i've raced bikes i've raced you've had plenty of chances to get stitches yeah break bones all kinds of stuff and i never have i've never had stitches until this last week and i've never broken a bone i've only sprained an ankle like once or twice like I've been really, I don't even want to say fortunate, just statistically speaking, I've just been an abnormality and now you're in the bell curve. I'm in the bell curve because I did something we've all done a gajillion times, which was I was removing a pedal and it was a three by bike. And when the pedal broke loose, the chain ring dug into the back of my hand. So boom, that's life. Sometimes, Stab. sometimes life's just hard. So that's what I did. It's better than cutting part of your finger off with a brake rotor. Definitely. And other than that, I don't really have anything that's been going on with me. So there we go. We're like three minutes in. We've done the intro plus. That's what we can call it now. Talked about donations and talked about what's going on with me. So somebody else should probably cover what they've done. And dear God, I hope it's more exciting than what I did. Kenny, why don't you go? Yeah, I've been riding my bike. Let's see. I did. Yeah, well, I guess we didn't do a show last week. So we did some lift run service stuff at Deer Valley as the as a shop. Pretty cool. We had like 10 people show up and then everyone else started showing up and it was a big ass group of people. And it was a pretty damn good time. So rode with a bunch of people on full blown DH bikes and some like full racer people. It's pretty cool. People throwing fat whips and shit but uh the old stumpy on fast tracks did pretty good <laughs> you still got fast tracks on that thing i thought you hell went, yeah I they you make... went to bigger tires oh hell no two three fast tracks so 
there is a 2.6 fast track grid casing that is out now. Ooh, so when I get a little bit longer travel bike, then I'll get the bigger fast track. Not even going to put a real goddamn knob on the bike, just bigger fast track. I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I will give, if someone will dig up where Kenny said two six tires are stupid for the T, I will send you a water bottle. <laughs> like a used one or like one of the fuzzy ones after it sits out in the sun for a while with some Roctane in it. I don't discriminate. You can do cleaner used, washed or dirty, whatever you want. I'll send you any bottle you want. I've had some interesting water bottles before. There, someone's going to be like, they're going to send you the sound clip as soon as the show posts. And then they're going to be like, and I want a dirty one that you've rubbed on your balls. And I'll shoot a video of me flossing with that son of a bitch and send it to him. <laughs> oh, God, I hope someone does that really bad. I I kind of don't because I'll be the one that has to shoot the video. But then I kind of do at the same time. It's I'm pretty neutral, actually. Uh. Yeah. So anyway, did uh, left run service. It was all pretty good. Somebody ate shit. I didn't really know them directly, but they ate shit pretty hard and went to sleep for a minute. But, um, oops. Yeah. Oops. It happens. Other than that. Yeah. A super good time. And then today we went out to park city again and did some, just tried to do different stuff. So we on purpose climbed up shit that like, you're probably not supposed to climb up and it's like techie and tight and lots of roots. And, uh, yeah. So it's 3000 vert of that. I so, like doing that kind of stuff. That was that was interesting. And there was some god, there was some steep ass shit out there for sure. Yeah. But that was a good time. Anything new on my bike? I don't think so. Bike's running pretty good. Just those new fast no, tracks. No weird noises. I put some new fast tracks on every once in a while and just kind of run. Still on one by eleven. I'd love to go one by twelve, but you know. DI two is still ripping. So God, I forgot you had that. I still have it. I put it on my RKT way back in Memphis and still run it. Still clicks along. Yeah. Those Shimano motors do a good job. There's going to be a day that Kenny comes on the show and it's going to be like, what's new, Kenny? He's going to be like, nothing. What's wrong, Kenny? (laughs) My XT derailleur just turned into 8 million pieces while I was riding today. It's hit on a rock? No. The beeping noise it makes when you go into the smallest cog or the easiest cog, it did that. But then it did it like 18 more times, which I think is itself destructive. Oh, speaking of, um, I'm just going to go off on a tangent here because that's what we do. Kenny, you know how the new Shimano 12-speed shifts kind of shitty? Mm, yep. Yeah, I know all about it. So the tech um, came by our shop. Our coal mine? Yeah, you know, the coal mine. And he, um, a tech from that fictitious company called Shimano, uh, came by the coal mine and uh, he was showing us the new XTR stuff and, um, you know, we were, I mean, he had some like tips for adjusting it, which were interesting. Um, I kind of like that. It's, it's funny that when it's adjusted properly, it looks in the stand, it feels like it's the tension's a little high. Whereas when Eagle is adjusted properly in the stand, it looks like it's a little low, like the cable Yeah, tension. exactly. Um, I'm glad but, you bring that up because Eagle definitely is that way. 11 speed was that way a little bit, but Eagle is even more so that yeah. way where like just visually looking at that chain line from the back of the bike, it always looks like, like, damn, I got a lot of gap before that next, uh, that next chain ring, but that works great that way. Yeah. 
Um, but also he showed us how to lubricate the clutch in the derailleur with Shimano clutch grease. And the bike that he brought with him that he showed us that on, it felt noticeably better after he did that. So I would suggest that if you have a Shimano 12-speed system that shifts kind of like, I don't know, really worn out, I don't know, SRAM 10-speed, um, put like take that apart and grease the clutch on it because it definitely made a difference with his. I haven't tried, so our... Um, the coal mine owner has an XTR 12 speed bike and it shifts, you know, shitty like all of them do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not, I'm not going to say it shifts shitty. It, it doesn't shift as smoothly as something that expensive should shift. Like the lever feels sucked. That's pretty good advice. Um, but so you buy a new XTR 12 speeds, pay thousands of dollars for it. And then the cage should look bent. <laughs> uh, that is normal. Uh, not kidding. And then you should rebuild the yeah. clutch and be uh, you should set the B limit at some fucked up angle, a uh, fucked up distance from the cassette and it'll shift great. Yeah. What he said. That reminds me of something that we won't talk about from before, but it was a manufacturing problem that there wasn't grease in certain pedals <laughs> and we need to leave that there. <laughs> do you remember, do you oh, remember that also, in outdoors, Kenny, uh, when um, one of those brands yeah, one I of do. those brands, that that other coal mine where you and I worked together, um, one of those brands of pedals showed up at the shop with like fairy dust inside of them. Yeah. And when we called them, they're like, yeah, you need to take every pair of pedals you sell apart and put fresh grease in there. It's a manufacturing <laughs> problem. It's not our problem. It's a manufacturing problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good stuff. Uh, also on Shimano, since we're kind of bagging on it a little bit, they come with super, if you get a creaky cassette, it could be one of two things. One is it's got, it's a creaky cassette because they're broken. Number two, um, you need to put this like 0.0001 millimeter plastic washer uh as like a cassette spacer basically on your free hub first and then you put your cassette on. Wow, is is that a part that comes with a cassette? Like where do you get that? They come with a cassette, they're hidden and it's clear and you will never see it. It's like a contact lens. Oh wow. I'm not kidding. I had no idea and the, yep. the tech the tech didn't tell us about that one. Yep. And then I've also had I've got at least three customers with creaky cassettes after putting that thing in as well. So Oh, and it's boy. the actual like spider stuff. Yeah, I'm not I'm not super I'm not super pumped on that stuff. If you go back a long time ago, 11 speed Durace came out and it had a carbon spider. <laughs> and there was like three I'm making this up, but there was like three rivets in the spider and they creaked. And you could get a warranty one. And it had like six rivets in the spider. So <laughs> Wonder if we're going to see something like that here. We might, but there, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm not super, not super pumped on the most balling and ass 12 speed stuff Shimano makes. It's not, uh, it's not awesome. If we can talk about something that's really sick though, someone else from the same company stopped by the coal mine, hooked it up. I haven't gotten a ride in them yet, but I put on these Pearl Azumi shorts that just came. Oh my God. Like. Look, I'm Kenny, the, you got to try these shorts on. I'm the skinniest person you'll ever meet. Like height, weight, like buying cycling clothes, buying clothes in general is shit for me. When skinny jeans with cuffed, like not supposed to touch your shoes came into style, like cuffed bottoms. Holy shit. 
that was like a blessing for me because my little ass ain't fitting in shit. Give me the 3032s. I'll roll them up. They're supposed to look short now. I got my little camp hat on. I'm your fucking hipster boy. Give me a really latte. like so everything in Matt's waist size does not come in the length that he needs for his legs. Yeah, is the problem. Like it's real annoying. So when I go to cycling clothes, it's like cool. I look like a cyclist. No, I look like a cyclist that races in the Tour de France. If you want to get at me about that shit, I'll tell you right now. Jens Voigt's clothes fit you better than anything. What actually would be perfect is the Schleck brothers. I'm the same height and within a pound or two of them when I'm at like full-blown not chunk status like I am now, which is actually 155. 6'2", 155 is me being heavy. Chunky. So I'll allow it. He coming. I got that like farm bod now. He's I've thick, been like thick doing, with one C been, though. Yeah. Like just, thick. just one C not three. No, I'm just like baby thick. So anyways, I put these shorts on and if I didn't know any better, I would think it was that James Bond flick where the chicks all painted up in gold and it's like part of her skin. That's what these pants look like on me, but they're not gold, but so it's the Pearl Azumi pro bib short. And it's seriously, Kenny, when you put these things on, it's suddenly it's like you're still naked, but you're covered up. They're like, they stretch in like 10 dimensions. I don't even know. It's it just, there's some voodoo shit going on there and you just need to try those on. You, you work in a nice shop. You probably have some on the, on the floor. You could just go and put, put your nuts in them. Yeah, no, I will. That's good. Uh, good advice. We have, yeah, we do a lot of Pearl, so we probably have some. Yeah. And they're. They're like laser cut on the bottom of the cuff. So like there's no like cuff seams or anything. And it's not even one of those weird ones where there's like, oh, we put a four inch cuff on the short. Because you know what a four inch cuff has? Four inches from the bottom, there's a seam. Like this has no seam. It just goes from like up by like your nipples. like It goes from strap to thigh with just like nothing. It feels like nothing is touching your body. Like the transition is smoother than the paint on a new Bugatti. <laughs> did you wake up in that no no i don't i probably wouldn't sleep in those shorts but you could i could i mean lail wilcox did because she just got second place in the uh silk road mountain race um she was only beaten by one dude named Jakob. um some other dude finished behind her that dude's been throwing a lot of shade her way um I'm just real glad she beat that guy. And then Jeff got fourth, right? Uh, I don't remember. I don't know. I, I think someone might have passed him and maybe finished a little ahead of him, but he did finish. Um, I don't know if he was fourth or fifth. I think he was fourth. I think you're right. I think he was fourth. But, yeah. That looked like an awesome, amazing, difficult race. There you go. Should I, should I talk about what I did in the last week? I don't know. We interrupted Kenny like 18 times. Yeah, we did. I interrupted him with a big tangent about making your XTR 12-speed shift less shitty. No, tangents are what we do around here. That's about all I got. Just been riding my bike. Nothing super exciting as far as equipment I can talk about. My Mavic shoes finally died, so I need to find some new shoes. That's really about it. Kind of bummed. I like the Shimano ME7 Enduro shoe. Okay. But I will say that it is... So it's way lighter than any other. It's like the lightest shoe that you can walk in. And it still feels a lot like a cross-country shoe, though it's not a carbon sole, so it's not quite as stiff. 
So that's really the best way I can describe it. Like it's not quite as stiff as like a cross country shoe if that's what you're used to, but you can still walk in it. But it is as light as it. That shoe is actually lighter. I had a pair of Giro VR seventy, so a carbon sold cross country shoe. Yeah, I've seen those. Um, so I had a pair of those, and my Shimano ME seven, not carbon sole shoe, is lighter than those. Interesting. I want a shoe that's yeah, relatively so, light, relatively stiff yeah. sole. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of picky. I don't want super featherweight cross country race shoe. I don't want something that is the 100% stiff shoe because I do walk every now and again. So, yeah, I don't know. You should try I mean, a pair. Dude's of- riding 11 speed. Damn right, he's walking. <laughs> Try try a pair of those on and see if you like them. I mean, they're not for everyone. They have like this, like a tiny little ankle gaiter, not like a big, they're not like mid tops or anything, but it's um, a tiny little ankle gaiter. So they look, I mean, they're not the prettiest shoe in the world, but it, I actually, when I, I hike a bike a good bit and it keeps shit out of my shoes. So I like it. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's what I like, you know, and I'm not doing a shit ton of cross country racing anymore. Um, and they they really they do everything I want them to do without being like a tennis shoe type of shoe you know like they're not like a I don't know what is it that like a it's not like a Pearl Azumi X Alp which is like a full blown like going to Chili's in my yeah. New Balance like this is style. Um, this is more like a if you can imagine a Giro Terradura but lightweight it's like that hmm. Yeah, if you can imagine a Terra Dura that weighs half a pound less per oh. per shoe, did you bump your hand? I just bumped my stitches. But that's it for me. Cool. You're up. Get All it, right. B. <laughs> um, well, I think last time we recorded. Bitch, you better look at that microphone. <laughs> Don't be looking over here at me. Last time we recorded this, this story involved you. Uh, last time we recorded, so I'm I'm pretty much off of any structured training uh, until October. Oh God, you haven't talked about your race. I didn't talk about my race last time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh gosh. I did, um, and I actually I did an interview with Celine Yeager from Bicycling Magazine, so I should be. Um, I don't know if that's going to be on the internet. I don't know if she was recording my voice to play later. I don't know if it's going to be in a magazine. I usually do. <laughs> it's creepy when you say it like that. No comment. So I'll be, um, I'll be elsewhere on the internet. I need to just kind of write the whole thing down too, because it was pretty amazing. Uh, it was one of those like life altering type of experiences, which is cool. It's always fun to have those. Um, but I will say um, the skin on my feet will never be the same <laughs> on the bottom of my feet. Just like the gold dust trail forever changed the chocolate, chocolate starfish. Yeah, exactly. Um, Maltezuma's revenge in the bottom of your feet. Irreparable yeah, I damage. think I got a very, very mild case of trench foot um, because the skin on one of my feet is different than it used to be. And uh, I mean, nothing like looks wrong with it or infected or weird. It looks pretty normal. Um, it just feels different. So I, I'm keeping an eye on it. Anyway, um, last time we recorded, so I'm, I'm just doing stuff now. I'm just whatever I feel like doing. Um, you know, Linda even told me, she's like, you can 
She's like, if you tell me in October that you haven't ridden since the last time we talked, that's okay. I mean, she said something like that. That's not a direct quote, but you know, it's kind of like just knock off, have fun, do whatever you feel like doing until October. Um, I had never ridden my motorcycle on single track last time we talked. And just so happens on Friday, my parents were in town. I drove, <laughs> I drove them around doing some sightseeing. Um, uh, they have a Chevrolet Suburban, uh, definitely a large vehicle, land yacht, you might say. Very nice, uh, leather seats. It's got four wheel drive though. So I said, we're going to go up to North Fork Reservoir, which is a six mile Jeep road or four by four road. It doesn't have to be a Jeep. I had four by four. So I said, we'll just go up it and see how it goes. Um, and we rock crawled up that bitch. <laughs> and at one point, about halfway up, we were kind of, we were going really, really slow. And my mom occasionally, like, she'll she'll get a little car sick. And I was kind of worried about her. She hadn't complained or anything, but she never does because she's a sweet Southern lady and they just don't complain. Um, so I was a little worried about her. And I was a little stressed out because I was driving. My parents are both, um, they're both 70 plus. And, yeah, I mean, they're active for their age. But, you know, I, I'm driving up this 4 by 4 road in their vehicle. Uh, it's a nice car you know they try to like keep it pretty nice and so about halfway up we decide to pull off and just walk a little bit further up the road um and we we walk a little further up the road and we see these guys with a toyota uh what's the popular one a taco a taco oh yeah the tacoma a tacoma toyota tacoma nice tacoma no scratches or anything um there are these dudes and they all are like hopping out. They're parked in the middle of the road in a steep section with a grade reversal. There were big grade reversals out there. That was the big part was trying to like. I'm going to go slap through all that in the mini truck on Monday. <laughs> yeah. You could totally do it in the mini truck. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, if, as long as you have that four low, you're good. I use four low in the Suburban like the whole way up. And if it you was don't awesome. have four low, and that's okay. Just go really fast. Just go faster. Yeah, exactly. We're going, I think we probably averaged three miles an hour. So like we drove for a long time and I'm like, we're only like halfway up. So that's, that's when we like pulled off. And so we went for a little walk and there are these guys on a steep part where there's a grade reversal and they all were getting out of the truck and like scouting this spot in this grade reversal. And what it was, was there was a big rock in the middle that if you didn't, roll over the rock with like a tire and it went in the middle of your car, then it's possible that it could like scrape something under your car or it might like grab your running board. And the guy, this one guy's like, man, I don't want to screw up my running boards. I don't know if I want to do it. And they're all looking at, there's literally five dudes looking at this one rock and grade reversal with this car that is totally capable. Like there was harder shit that they had already crossed. And I was like, hey, guys, I was like, I'm driving my parents suburban up this. If you guys made it this far, you got this rock like you. This is fine. Like, this is way easier than some of the stuff you've already crossed. And uh, so my dad and I, uh, we kept walking. My mom went back to the car because she was a little bit tired. We walked a little further. We saw this avalanche path that was insane. 
humongous avalanche path that had been cleared off the road, but was still like from the top of the mountain to the bottom. And we're like, oh, we got to go back and get mom and show her this. We can make it, you know, those guys, they'll be out of the way. Like they will, they will have moved by the time we get back. So my dad and I walk back to the car, get my mom in the car, start driving up. They, those guys were coming back down the hill. They had decided to not go over that. And I was like, hey, you think I should get out and ask them if they want me to drive their truck over it? And they saw they had like pulled off to the side because we were coming through and they watched me like flex the Suburban up on the side to like get around the rock and not hit the running boards on the nice Suburban. So that was kind of funny. <clears throat> but anyway, we went up and, you know, showed mom the avalanche path, drove back down. It's a little scarier on the way down because the grade reversals are a little taller from that direction. But, you know, we made it. We caught back up to those guys. They had to get out of the way to let us pass by. Beep, beep, coming through, you lame fucks. <laughs> um, so that was kind of funny. But they were from Illinois. I, my dad called them. It's an interesting thing. Like, I'm glad that somebody is actually taking their truck off-road, but at the same time, it's very funny <laughs> that somebody is, like, scared about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, he had this definite, like, very... Yeah, like a very capable off-road truck. Like that's the most, hands down, the most popular truck in Colorado for doing that kind of shit is a t Tacoma. And uh, yeah, I just want to be like, guys, you are in the Colorado State truck. You better do it do it right. Come on. Have you ever seen the Nissan mini truck? I mean, she gets things done. Yeah, that too. But anyway. Speaking of off-road adventures. We drove up Kerr Gulch to try to go for a hike because my hand was all sore. And you took that element up there. My truck, I had already loaded up a bunch of stuff to haul to the dump, but I didn't get to the dump with it yet. And I drove the element, and first gear engine braking wasn't enough for part of the way back down. So I was like on the brakes a lot, and then the brakes got really hot smelling. So yeah, they smelled a little bit. I was like, you just need to use the brakes less. I know, but yeah. <laughs> so I'll it's just like on a it's just like on a bike. You can just stab them hard for a little bit and then completely let off and let them cool for a second, and then back in them. Just don't drag them. Yeah, yeah. You did the you you were dragging them, and then you went to the yeah, stab but it and was release. really bumpy. The whole way was really bumpy. There was a lot of bumps. I want to see Kenny drive your element up and down. Kirkland. I don't. I want to see Kenny drive a different element, not mine. <laughs> Jesus, a rental element. <laughs> what'd you no. What'd you get, Matt? Did you get a new car? Oh, I've had it all year. I have a Honda Element and the mini truck and two motorcycles. Shit, <laughs> I didn't know that. Gee, I like it. I'm proud of you, man. Looking like me. Yeah, dude. So I have a truck because every person needs a truck. I know. I wish Can I had one. Do all. Do all your things run? Oh, man. I mean, I could walk outside, do a lap, and they would all crank. Wow. He could crank all of his, like, every vehicle. Wait, 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 wait. Do they actually drive around? Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. Like, every vehicle on okay. our property. Functions. Functions. Like, Fully. you could drive all of them. Like, like you could drive all of them impressive. to Memphis if you wanted to. I'll go as far as to say everything on the property can be started with, like, an e-starter. I don't even have to kick any of the motorcycles. Yeah. Like, I'm impressed. But yeah, I have a. That's, that's you guys actually are that's, way that's less. That's kind of a rule that I an unspoken rule that I have. It was spoken. There's no unspoken about it. Yeah, like 
there's no unrunning vehicles on this property and there there just won't be unless one just has a, an event that makes it not run. There's no like I'm going to take it apart and put it back together. It's just Wait, so you have a house and property now and you can't have project cars? No, That's the dream. There are no project cars here. That ship That's the first thing I did when I got my house. I blew my I was, Civic up. That ship sailed sometime in late 2000 something. Okay. <laughs> so, wait, what's the story on the Civic? Hold on, I wasn't done my, with my with with telling talking about the uh So I drove Sandy and Gerald around. Then we can talk about the Civic after that. I drove Sandy and Gerald around. We had parked at the uh the coal mine in Salida and um Went inside, said bye to my parents, good night to my parents. Went inside where Matt was working, and I said, hey, it's like 4 o'clock. I was like, you rode your moto here. Why don't you, you know, when you get home, I'll just have everything ready. I'll be ready. Let's go for like a quick moto rip. And he might have said something about single track. I don't remember. And I definitely looked at her and said, let's ride single track tonight. She said, okay. And I, I didn't really think he was serious. And then he got home, we left on the motos, we got to Kerr Gulch, which is kind of close to our house, it's some BLM off-road area that leads up to the Rainbow Trail, and the Rainbow Trail is a trail that is moto legal, it's really popular. It's a really fucking hard trail. It's just hard, no matter what vehicle you're on, foot, horse, bike, moto, whatever, it's hard. Real hard. It's just real steep. It's real rocky. You guys have heard me talk about it before. It's it's really fucking tough. Well, this one section, so Kerr Gulch is a 4 by 4 road area, and it forks, and it goes to the Rainbow Trail at both forks. And so we were going to do a counterclockwise loop, just this lollipop up Kerr Gulch, take one fork to the Rainbow Trail, do the Rainbow Trail to the other side, go back down. Um, well, when we got to the trailhead, I knew that, um, I knew that the first section of trail to get to, there was a connector to the rainbow trail from the trailhead. I was like, it's real steep and real rocky. If I can get up this, I can do anything else because it probably was. Do you think that was the hardest part? I don't really, I mean, the whole thing was really like that though. It was a very loose, there was a lot of loose rock, not a lot of embedded rock. So there wasn't a lot of great traction opportunities where it's like, oh, I can hit this. Like if I run over this rock, then I can skate through this like loose stuff and then hit this rock for traction and skate through here. It was just all skating. And it was all stuff that was big enough to affect your front wheel. Yep. Like the direction of your front wheel was not stable at the same time as you didn't have very good traction. And it was steep, like, I don't know, the GPS track says it was all in the upper teens percent, like, with a few 30s thrown in there randomly. So, like, 18 to 30 percent grade of just loose rocks. And I've never done single track before. And it's, to put it crudely, I was like, this is like if you say, I want to lose my virginity, let's have an anal gangbang. And she ripped out the lube, went after it. <laughs> and I just throttled. Uh, but I, I did figure out, so that part was real hard. I definitely dropped it. No more. It didn't get dropped in the double digits. Yeah, it was single digit drops for the whole 
two and a half miles of single track that we rode. But it was really, really slow going stuff. It was so it, I dropped it a couple of times going up that first part. And definitely like I pushed it a little bit. Matt helped me like, a you know, first gear throttle. There um, was one point that I said to Andrea, I was like, OK, I'm going to go around this corner and park my bike and come back and help you. She goes, OK. So I like all that shit and got parked and walked back down. I was like, do you want me to? And she goes, I need to do this. <laughs> I said, OK, yes, ma'am. I need to do this myself. <laughs> well, it's not that I'm going to go and ride single track that difficult by myself, but I just I like to be I like to function independently. And that's just how I am. No shit. <laughs> I'm an independent lady, all right? So, now that you've done that, because I've done very limited single track stuff, but ridden enough dirt bikes to know, yeah, it's fucking rowdy. So, whenever I watch these enduro guys do what they do, like, I don't, it doesn't fucking compute. The, like, the um, not Romaniacs, but uh, the Erzberg. Yeah, the Erzberg rodeo and that boulder section that they ride. Yeah, Carl's I, I don't. Yes, I don't Carl's understand. Dinner? It's both ways. I don't get it. It is both, but either way, holy shit! Like super respect. I I, I don't understand. Just like anything, I guess it becomes an extension of you. But yeah, holy hell, it, it just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so I I did figure out um, eventually. So it was the stupid like half mile of. Just stupidly steep and rocky stuff. And then it was a tiny bit of easy, but really narrow. And then right back to just steep and rocky shit. And like tight, a few tight turns and root step ups and just all sorts of shit that I was wholly unprepared for. But I did figure out, um, I had a few gleams of skill um just based on like so if i if i wasn't good at riding a mountain bike um i would have rolled like 50 feet into the trail and turned around and gone back but being good at riding a mountain bike i know that speed is your friend like momentum and speed you have to have that and i did figure out the speed at which you need to ride the stuff that we were riding it was just a little bit faster than what I was comfortable with on the motorcycle. So it was really difficult because what I was comfortable with was like three miles an hour too slow to successfully ride over a lot of what we were riding. And to add to it, there was this exposure, like a lot of the trail was this really, really narrow bench with a good, not like a cliff drop off, like where you would get seriously injured and like fall to your death, but where if you dropped your motorcycle at seven thirty at night, you would just come and get it the next day when it was light. Like I just hop on the back of Matt's motorcycle and ride home. Like it was that kind of shit. Like it would just fall far enough down that it would really be a thing to like, you'd have to bring a buddy back to get it, you know? And not like a 130 pound buddy. Yeah. Like you'd need to bring like Scott Banks back with you or something like it. You'd need, a person that was stronger than Matt and I both put together to help Matt and I pull a motorcycle like out of the woods here. So there's that. Um, you know, it was, I was, I can't say I wasn't mad a couple of times at Matt 
for taking me on the adventure. But then at the same time, I was like, you know, that's not really helpful to be mad. So I just need to concentrate on good motorcycle skills. The very few ones that I have. I definitely started doing this thing where I would stop and be like, okay, I hear her coming. Great. And then like when she got within like a hundred yards, I'd like crank it again. And then like when she was within like 20 yards, like take off. So she was never close enough to like throw a rock at me. (laughs) Because Matt's ridden Rainbow Trail before with like a group of people. So he has had a few hours more single track experience than I have. And more hours of motorcycle experience in general than I have. So, you know, like he's he's doing better than me, but he was still struggling a little bit, I think. And I'm not just trying to like throw shade, but like part of it was like, okay, I need to stop and wait. Yeah, you had to find places to stop and wait. Yeah, and it wasn't like... That wasn't easy up there. I think that if I went back and rode that again with someone faster than me, where I could just like not have to stop yeah never think about where am i going to stop because a lot of times i would take off and then like shortly afterwards i'd be like shit i'm not really going fast enough right here yeah i mean i'm not i i take no offense to that because it's totally true like if you didn't have to stop except for when you like wrecked or had to drop your bike because it was really hard shit you know that that would definitely help with that no i i'm not gonna say i won't go back and do it again i just don't want to do it again under the same time constraint because this was an after work ride and it gets dark around i don't know eight like we definitely when we rode down kerr gulch and i mean i'm sure people are tired of hearing us talk about motorcycles i don't care when we rode home like it was straight up like nighttime yeah like i the light on my moto sucks real bad so i don't know about if matt's sucks as bad as mine does it may be a little brighter because he was riding behind me and there was just a shadow of myself in front of me so i had to go even slower so um, it was a slow ride home but that was okay i was all right i was okay with it because it was such a difficult you know two and a half miles of single track that uh, i didn't mind going a little bit slow on the way home so yeah that was fun ish it was type two fun, but I still had fun. And, and really like the rip on the road on the way up, I, I felt really good. Like I, I feel as though that ride, I got better at riding a motorcycle during that period of time. So that's good. It was only like an hour and a half. We were hauling ass the rest of the time. Do you, uh, is it question time? Yeah, let's do questions. Okay. So we're going to start with Raymond. His isn't a question. He says. It's more of a statement. Here's my bike after I stripped the paint. I needed another set of decals, and I remember y'all calling Moto Bacon Bikes Moto Bacon. I thought it was funny, so I had these made. Love the show. Catch y'all later. And it's a picture of his Moto Bacon Decalon. Can you send that to Kenny? Oh, hell yeah. That's and, badass. Mad props. Uh, it definitely just says Moto Bacon oh, on the wow. down tube. That's and it's fantastic. Amazing. And I'm gonna if I ever get uh, if I ever get a Fizari, I'm gonna do the Fizzoli's logo on it. <laughs> Please do that. Uh, then um, we answered a qu- Kevin McNulty's question about tires, and he says, you missed the obvious Kevin McNuggets. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, I saw someone was paralyzed after eating too many McNuggets. That wasn't Kenny. Don't worry about it. But so that was Kevin. Someone sent me that on the internet. Oh, gosh, I can't write fast enough. My hand's pretty sore still. Uh, let's see. Uh, 
So, Kenny, just in case you're wondering, let me find this. Um, a local a par- a man was paralyzed after eating 413 chicken nuggets. Um, so the limit is 412. So what? <laughs> how was he paralyzed? Was it the stuff in the nuggets that know. killed him, it's, or is it someone, from like too much chewing? Look, someone named someone from Instagram named Joshua Beats sent that just like a screenshot to me of of that article from somewhere else on Instagram. So I just wanted to, it's just like FYI, the limit is 412. Good to know. Yeah. All right. So John, while we're talking about Kenny and nuggets, John from Salt Lake city says, just saw Kenny in a hangar 15 ad on the tour of Utah feed, moving from fi- podcast fame to internet TV fame. Next step, reality TV. Dude, he's already the stig. Uh, uh, great to see Hangar 15 supporting the tour of Utah. Nice looking broom wagon too, John from Salt Lake City. What is Hangar 15? Kenny's bike <laughs> that's, shop. That's what? the mine oh, that I work at. That's the coal mine. Oh, right. Sorry, I totally didn't get the joke there. Uh, <laughs> then we have something from Ken. He says, I'm the northbound tour divide rider that Matt thought might have his mini flashlight. Sorry, I didn't see anything like that in my bag, so I didn't get mixed in with my ever stuff at the shop. I hope you find it. I wanted to follow up with a story about the guy with the dot five fluid in his brake. <laughs> Lastly, thank you for catching my fuck up with the misalignment of my front caliper and rotor, saving me from losing my front brake when the pads bottomed out. The rest of my ride north went great without any mechanical issues at all. If any of you ever get a chance to ride the Tour Divide, I highly recommend it. It has some of the most fun gravel riding I've ever done on top of being a really well-crafted and beautiful route. Thanks, I might Happy try it sometime. trails, Ken. Are we just not going to, like... Nope. Are we going to read it off air? No, yeah. So, for the record, Ken, and I didn't follow up with this in, like, a recording since then, because it just slipped my mind, but, like, I tore the shop apart. I could not find that flashlight. And it made sense to me that you had inadvertently packed it up. And if it came across in my recording that you were accused taking of taking that, it, that's not what I thought at all. I thought it was just one of those things where you gathered up all the stuff and you accidentally gathered up one too many things. Three days later, my flashlight just appeared on my bench. So someone used that flashlight, took it home in their pocket, went to do laundry, went, oh shit, and brought it back to work. It's probably Brent. So with that said, I never, if it came across that I was accusatory, I didn't mean it. I apologize. I hope you had a fun time doing the route. Well, it, it sounds sounded like, like you had you a fun did. time. Um, so there we go. Uh, do Let's keep rapid firing these. Do we have a bunch? We Yeah. Um, long time listener. So this is Michael. He says, long time listener, first time caller. Does everyone do that? Um, yes. He says, Matt, why haven't we heard an in-depth review about your SB-130 yet, bro? How much gnar have you shredded? Welcome to the tribe. (laughs) Uh, So I only rode the SB-130 twice, and I returned it to the shop because my foot issue prevented me from riding. And then I went to the – and I thought it would get better, and then it didn't get better. And I went to the doctor. They gave me a timeline, and I looked at the counter, and I'm like, well, my bike should be on the sales floor. And I shouldn't be – like, I shouldn't just keep it at home and not ride it. And there's a lot better chance of us selling it now than after I'm cleared. So I just put it back on the floor. Um, it's a really nice bike, but 
it's just not a bike that I can own at this point because I keep buying cars and motorcycles. So, and it's honestly not the bike I want to own. The, the purpose of like the demo program is really for us to have a bike we would never spend our own money on so we can get some good like experience with it and like recommend it to customers or tell them about it at least just be able to talk in an informed way with hypothetical customers that come through a coal mine and then andrea you're awesome that is all oh thanks and then kenny i haven't heard your voice in forever are you trapped in a basement somewhere we don't have a basement at the house, so... But from what I understand, when Kenny's trapped in a basement, it's not against his will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then... Kenny, you always know what to say. Uh, I'm going to forward this to Kenny and let him answer this. No, we'll do it now. Me and my bestie are heading out west in September or October for a little bit of hiking, biking, and as much wah-wah as I can handle. Girlfriend is a lot younger than me. Is wah-wah like partying? Because if so, get after it. Looking for some recommendations on the trails, good breweries, bike rental shops. I'm going to look it up on Urban Dictionary. Outstanding places to eat and experience. Probably going to fly into Salt Lake City and go to Yellowstone if it's not balls cold or Jackson Hole. Then work my way down, yeah baby, to Park City, Bryce, Zion, and Moab. Plan is to be in each day. Or each place a day or two and move on. No real itinerary other than to do cool shit. For the trails, my girl is tough as nails. She does ultra trail ultras, but only been mountain biking for a couple of years. I want it to be fun and not scare the living shit out of her. I've got the Yelp mountain bike project and all, but we being have limited time in each area. We don't want to dick around. But when I do, I'm not going to be dicking around. Thanks for the beta. And there's actually no name on this at all. Wait, how did you spell Wawa? W-A-W-A. Um. So, Kenny, any advice? Must do things in Park City? Like, okay, if you're going to Park City, what's your favorite hamburger? Uh, I mean, the thing about Park City is, I mean, I I don't eat there a ton. I mean, there's so much good food. If you just go to Main Street, like, you can't help but find cool shit. There's amazing little brew pubs and all that kind of stuff. Actually, one really good place. I take that back. It's like an old, it's got this old, like old miner field. We, uh, old miner feel. We do work in the coal mines. So maybe that's why I like it. Uh, damn it. It's like an old saloon looking deal. And they do have like, uh, it's a couple different levels. And I think they have like a porch up top. Um, but yeah, really, really good food, tons of beer, all that stuff. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to be clickety-clacking here. Closest thing I have is Wawa Wiwa, invented by Borat's movie. It's said when something great happens. Sure. All right. So here, while you while you click-clack, do you have much information on Bryce? I don't know much about like Zion and Bryce and all that kind of stuff. I know some riding spots, but they're the usual suspects that are popular. Everybody knows in like... Hurricane, Virgin, all that kind of stuff, like uh, Guacamole and uh, shit. What's the name of the other one? Guacamole 2. I'm just kidding. Why am I forgetting the name of the other trail? It's like Guacamole, so real techie, real rocky, but like smooth rock kind of stuff. It's real fun. It's challenging. Like it's a giant, it's a giant bicycle playground and probably not the most fun for somebody with not much experience, but none of it's like 
you're not going to get killed on it and none of it's like super scary. It's not like exposure, uh, Red Bull Rampage stuff. It's just kind of fun, rolly rock stuff. And you can just attempt techie climbs where you can just walk them. Like it's not a, not a big deal. And most of the places, if you don't make it, you just kind of like tump over and put a foot down. It's not like a huge deal, but anyway, uh, gooseberry. So gooseberry Mesa and guacamole. Those are two really similar ones that are down South. Those are a lot of fun. Probably don't want to ride them now. It's like a zillion degrees down there. No, September, October. Yeah, it'll definitely be better. Those are all really cool. And then all the usual suspects in St. George um, and Green Valley, I think is the other city that's like right next to it. All that stuff where they do true grit race. That's all like amazing riding. So good. Uh, the Zen Trail being my favorite. And it's good for like the average person. It's got some enough tech to keep people entertained, but you're probably not going to die on it. Uh, yeah, that's my advice. I don't know anything much about like hiking and touristy stuff as far as, uh, again, like Zion and Bryce and all that stuff. I, I have no idea. Um, okay. So, so sorry. we knocked out park city. We don't know much about Bryce or Zion. And then Moab, everything in park city is amazing. I mean, for sure there's better loops than others, but you can kind of do anything that you want in park city. So, so much good riding out there, whether you're going to do lift or not. So park city and deer Valley, if you're going to do deer, uh, if you want to do lift stuff, hundred percent do deer Valley. Don't do lift service at park city. It's kind of lame. Uh, yeah, that's park city covered. All that stuff out there is awesome in salt Lake city. All the riding is also amazing. Corner Canyon is kind of like the neighborhood set of trails with again, everything you want from Rocky stuff. They got flow jump downhill only trails. They've got, uh, just regular, super basic, you know, some climbing, but no tech at all. Like pretty much they're almost like paved trails with no roots, no rocks, no nothing. If you want to do that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. What were the other questions? What else are they asking about? Uh, I, was, I don't go out to bars much anymore. I was going to say Moab. So, and Moab, I'd say go to Milt's. That place is amazing. Yeah, it's the cash burger, they're only. closed on Mondays, though, so be careful. It's cash only closed on Mondays. Yeah, but. so th- I would say in Moab, um, the Captain Ahab Trail is – it's going to be challenging for someone that is, uh, you know, not not really technically skilled, but it's still got a lot of amazing views. Um, skip the slick rock trail, even though that's like the, unless you just want to see like, oh, you gotta do slick rock. It's, it's cool. Like the slick rock, rock trail is, is interesting. Go in there. If, my advice would be, um, if you're going to do it, go and do the practice loop on the slick rock trail and then just go like do something else. Like just, is it directional? No, it's not. Then ride out like a quarter mile and turn around and ride. Yeah, back. like once it, you once you go through a, a few of the big like down ups on the Slick Rock Trail, that's pretty much the whole thing is like really steep downhill followed by really steep uphill. Beautiful views again, like pretty much everywhere you go in Moab, the scenery is going to blow your fucking mind. Um, but yeah, um, the Ahab Trail is extremely fun. It will be challenging, but if you said she's a badass, she'll she'll do it. It's fine, you know. As long as she's all right with walking some stuff, it's it's cool. Like there's just going to be a few things that you walk down. Most of Ahab is just rollable, even though it looks really intimidating. If you just approach it with a little bit of momentum, you're going to be fine. Um, Porcupine Rim is a lot of fun. It's real long though, and sustained and. Once you're on it, there's not a good way out if you start getting tired. 
So, you know, um, a great thing to, a great way to describe porcupine is her superior fitness will not have much room to cover up her, maybe potentially lacking technical skills. Whereas like most other stuff you're doing, a lot of fitness will go a long ways. This is very like you use up your fitness to go up the hill and then it's just like back down. Well, most people shuttle it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm assuming that you guys, if you're on vacation and you're trying to ride a ton, um, it's not a bad idea to take the shuttle if you need to. You know, um, the Mag 7 trails in Moab are a lot of fun and they're a little bit less technical. So that would be um, a great place to go as well. Um, I haven't been to Klondike Bluff, same thing, less technical, pretty fun. I like Mag 7 a little better. Uh, there's some other stuff that they're putting in that I haven't seen, like Navajo Rocks, uh, the I think it's Bar M trails. I haven't been to either of those, uh, but they are some of the less technical, uh, less rowdy trails. But, you know, like I said, everything in Moab is just, it's a lot different than these other places that you're going, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, the Portal Trail is amazing, but... I, that's that wouldn't be fun at all for someone that is not an experienced rider that likes technical stuff. Um, because getting to the portal trail, like you access it through Mag Seven, which is fun, but then you get on the Gold Bar Rim Trail, and that is a difficult trail. The portal trail itself is difficult. It's got some exposure that ninety nine point nine percent of people walk because if you fall off, you'll die. And there are signs that tell you that. Um, but then after you pass that exposure, the whole trail down to, back to the road is super, super chunky, just rock shoots. So, yeah, I mean, that that one, you know, I just wouldn't do with someone that's not that experienced of a rider. Uh, but, you know, you can kind of hack your way through the other stuff um, and just enjoy the views and the parts that you do ride. You know, you'll ride most of it. So, yeah, have fun out there. In Park City, the name of that one bar, saloon, or whatever is called No Name. That's why you saloon. couldn't remember the fucking name. Ah. That is that is correct. And it has like 8 million Okay, reviews. Rapid fire. We, we're going to keep ripping. How long have we been recording? Yeah, we can. One more? I can do one Let's more. Let's do one more. Andrea, great story about the hen turkey, but you didn't tell us how the rooster dealt with it. How about the rest of the story? <laughs> Oh, the rooster didn't care about the turkey. And you know what? We saw a turkey hen this morning. I don't know if it was the same one because they kind of all look the same. Um, but we did see a hen turkey this morning on the way to work with a little flock of of baby turkeys. Oh, turkeyettes. Turkey, turkeyettes. Uh, and it was really cute. So I, I hope that was her and that she is happily leading her little turkey babies around the neighborhood. Um, and it would be nice if she came back. It, our rooster is kind of a little bitch. He will like squawk if there's some danger, but that's about it. Uh, a friend of ours brought his dog over and the dog chased after the chickens very briefly. And the rooster was leading the fucking retreat. Like he is a bitch of a rooster. All right. So was that a real question, Kenny, or do you have one more real one? We can do one real one. <laughs> All right. So Eric says... Hey, y'all, I'm about to replace the pivot bearings in my intense spider. I'm trying to decide what best bearings to replace them would be. Enduro Max line states they were designed to be best for pivots, so that's what I'm leaning towards. Yeah. But does anyone have another favorite brand? 
No. Also, I was strongly leaning towards replacing the greasable lower link bearings with sealed units. If it matters, I live in northeastern Pennsylvania. Lots of rocks, and for the last few years at least, it's been fairly wet year-round. This seemed like a rabbit hole you'd like to go down. And then there's that that like soundbite. I'll show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. I like the Enduro Max bearings. And I wouldn't fuck with changing out the greasable ones for sealed ones. My recommendation is... And bearings, the pivot bearings are funny. A lot of times they might even feel semi-bad. If they're even like a tiny bit grainy on a pivot bearing, but it still rotates pretty freely and it doesn't have a shitload of side-to-side play, don't even fuck with it is my advice. Um, Because you just don't notice a little bit of graininess in those things. It's not like a wheel bearing. And 100% use Enduro Max bearings. That's what you want to use. Don't use regular bearings. They'll get torn up with a quickness. And then... To answer what he's talking about with bearings, so we can answer that question for it on like greasable bearings, the lower link on something like an Intense or a Santa Cruz, any bike that has a greasable... Any DW leak bike? Well, the pivots don't have a greasable port. Oh, okay. I thought you were just talking about No, I literally said anything with a greasable port. You said like a pivot? I said like a DW, any DW leak bike. But, well, and... Santa Cruz is technically VPP. Let's not harsh anyone's. What is yeah, it? Yeah, we don't need to get any uh, emails. We don't need to yuck anyone's yum. Okay. That um, sounds like a Parker phrase. Something like that. So the inner race of a greasable link bearing is not there. So like there's not an, or not the race. What would that be? The seal, right? Am I getting this right? Uh, I'm not really sure. Like, they, I know they're they they're metal instead of rubber. Yeah, but the inner seal is like open, so when you pump grease in there, it puts oh, fresh yeah, grease like in the bearing. Oh, yeah, like goes into the bearing itself, like into the races. Yeah, it's not like you're just greasing the link; you're putting grease in the lower bearing. So, a place where it's wet year round, it sounds like those greasable ones would be even better. And if you want to get super tricky, you could pull the link out and pull the outer seals off. And just pump grease all the way through them, and then put the outer seals back on. But and you I don't do have think to that's necessary. clean those occasionally. Like I've definitely seen some grease buildup uh, from where someone was. They were greasing it on a regular basis, which is good. But there was some buildup under the. It was on a VPP bike, so Santa Cruz, uh, and there's a big grease and dirt booger under the little metal shields on top of the bearing that kind of act like a spacer between the bearing and the frame. Uh, There was a lot of buildup under there. So, you know, definitely occasionally take that apart and clean it. Uh, But I would not take those bearings out. Um, I know with Santa Cruz, if you take those bearings out, it voids any type of warranty that that part of the bike has. So... Wait, you're telling me if you remove those, the lower VPP bearings and that lower link? Yeah, it's supposed to. I mean, that's because they 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 give you bearings for those. They blow out all the time, like they just get locked oh, up the, for various reasons. The like two or three years ago that I serviced one of those, that was like the thing that they told me not to do. Oh shit! I've replaced at least a hundred of those yeah. bearings. Yeah, it was something like. Because they tend to lock up, so and they'll send, they'll give you the bearings. Maybe if you're that's the maybe owner. that's what it was. Like just I call wasn't. up Santa Cruz, 
and they'll just get, I mean, it's an angular contact bearing and you can't find them anywhere else in the world. At least I looked briefly and I couldn't find them. Like you got to get them from Santa Cruz. Now the bitch part about that is they're angular contact and they're designed to be pressed inward. That's how they're the strongest, but unfortunately to pull the bearing out, um, you got to pull the other way. And an angular contact bearing is unbelievably weak. That's like when you pull apart a headset, sometimes a cartridge bearing will just like explode. So imagine that in those, you try to pull them out with a bearing puller and of course they explode. And then you got to go pull an outer race out, which is not the size of any bearing puller ever. So that sucks. I've dremeled out a lot of those. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like, do not take those bearings out for, if you do anything other than clean those, then I don't know. Maybe that's what they're saying because too many people were getting bummed and they couldn't get the bearings out and then they were wanting Santa Cruz to like give them a whole new link. I've always just fended for myself and gotten the bearings out and pressed the new ones in and it's all good. But just know what you're getting into with those angular contact bearings. They're probably going to blow up if you pull them out. So just be prepared. And if they're a little bit grainy, don't sweat it. Slam that new grease in there. You'll be good. If they're completely locked up and even like, and even if one of those bearings is a little bit locked up, Go ahead and like hammer that thing the way you shouldn't hammer a bearing as in like push on that inner race both directions a little bit. See if it'll break free. If it does, cram a shitload of grease in there, move it around a whole bunch, probably going to be fine. Like, yeah, pivot bearings, unless they're creaking or something like that, they don't need to be like ceramic bottom bracket smooth. Like it's not, it's just not that big a deal in my opinion. Well, they have a range of motion of like 10 degrees, so exactly so unless it's completely locked up and you can generally tell if your bearing is shit and it's been locked up for a long time it's got to move so that means that it's going to tear up your pivot bolt typically so if you have a bunch of anodization worn off of one of your pivot bolts probably a good idea to a get a new pivot bolt and b get a new bearing at that point but if you don't have uh, torn up stuff where the inner race has been spinning on the bolt who cares clean it up pretty good slam some new waterproof grease on that thing and Go about your day. All right. So uh, we're going to circle back here. We're going to back it up real quick to the Paralyzed by Nuggets. And you got to spread the word. Hold on. No, no. Destroy Dick December. There's (laughs) that was started. I Googled it because I wanted to know. Um, uh, That was started by a website called 8. The, like the number eight satire.com and the the top two uh headlines that i wanted to read that share the man die or paralyzed after eating 413 nuggets one is alabama man bites off his father's penis after he walks in on him having sex with his favorite sister in his favorite barn that's one of the headlines where the that headlines. news story came from and the other is man dies after completing or almost completing the 10th day of destroyed dick December. <laughs> so, which is, uh, enough. Uh, yeah. So obviously no one died from eating too many nuggets. So, well, that's, unf- I mean, good, but yeah, yeah, that's good. No one should die from chicken nuggets. I was going to say, it shows you can't die. Go for it. So, yeah, eat as many as you want, Kenny. Good. I'm glad the internet is wrong for once. (laughs) Just this once. Ooh, what's it say about Tide Pods? 14-year-old infertile after eating a Tide Pod. (laughs) Uh, So, there we go. All right. 
but I think that's going to be a show for us since that's probably the worst thing we've ever talked about on the show. Um, I don't know. Destroyed Dick December sounds exhilarating. All right. <laughs> uh, anything else, Kenny? Nope. Shut it down. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And until next time, we'll just be deep in the coal mine with our little canary friends. Tweet, tweet. <laughs>